guys, Derek here from Bomb Socks, and welcome to the Bomb Bites podcast. Hey, if you're new to Bomb Bites, it's a service from our company, Bomb Socks, to help be a resource to use. You're studying along with the Come Follow Me curriculum for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hope you enjoy today's episode. So if you've watched our Bomb Bites episodes over the last little bit, one of the things you've probably noticed, again, if you're watching these, I know you have this on our podcast as well, but if you're watching this, many of you have noticed that I love to match up my ties, my rings, socks as well. That's why we got into the sock business. And one of the things I've got is watches. I have so many watches, okay? For example, this one right here, I've tried to match it right here. It's got some red and some blue in it. If you look carefully at this watch, it says Rolex. Now, I will tell you right now, this is not a real Rolex. I think I got this in Mexico a couple of years ago, you know, $20 on the street corner. This is not a real thing. It looks nice. I like the way it looks. In fact, it doesn't even work most of the time. I own several fake Rolexes that they look like it's good. And I again, I like these watches. I think they look great. I will never in a million years buy one of these. I like watches, but not that much. But these watches, they look like the real thing, but they are not. Just like the Pharisees that Jesus was talking to in Matthew chapter 23. Now you go into Matthew chapter 23, Jesus compares the Pharisees to a fake Rolex, right? So you look at just the first few verses right here. It says, Jesus spake to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, Observe, that observe and do, but do not ye after their works, for they say and do not, just like my watch, right? Now, verse number five in Matthew 23, all their works they do to be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments. So the phylacteries are the little things that you would have with scriptures. You would put them on your head. You would also bind them to your arm close to your heart. So out of pride, the Pharisees wore unusually large phylacteries so that everyone would see and know how much they love the word of God. Now, if anybody comes up to me and says, is that a real Rolex? I'm like, oh, heavens no, it is not at all. So again, it's the idea of it's fake. It's trying to show that it is one thing, but it is not. Now, Jesus goes in the remainder of this chapter, in fact, a good portion of this chapter, and he uses the word woe, W-O-E. Whenever you see that come out of the Savior's mouth, you know he means business as he's pronouncing woes on these individuals. In fact, if you were to go from about verse 13 all the way down to verse 29. You will just see, whoa, 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 all the way through there. Now, some of the strongest woes to the Pharisees start in about verse number 23, where it says, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Now, hypocrite is a Greek word, which means play actor. You are trying to create the illusion that you are something that you are not. For ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, all of the expensive things. And you've omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done and not to leave the other undone. Ye blind guides, which strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. Now, the footnote right there, that creates an interesting illusion, right? Verse 24, you click on the word camel right there. There and it says, Camel, who make yourselves appear to men that ye would not commit the least sin, and yet ye yourselves transgress the whole law. So Jesus is trying to let them know. It's like, look, you're creating the illusion that you are not a sinner, and yet you are constantly involved in these judgments and sinning. Verse 25, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within ye are full of extortion and excess. Thou blind Pharisee, 
Pharisee. Cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, and then outside of them may be clean also. Verse 27 is a powerful verse. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye are like unto whited sepulchres, meaning tombs that are painted white, these whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanliness. Even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. You know, it's very similar when you go over to Mark chapter 11, where Jesus talks about the fig tree, right? Verse number 12 in Mark 11, it says, On the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry and seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of the figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, meaning the tree, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it as Jesus just cursed this fig tree, right? This fig tree is full of leaves, but not of fruit. And again, that's what he's trying to teach the Pharisees here for a moment. Well, you go to the Come Follow Me and where it gives this idea of Jesus condemning hypocrisy. He says the Savior's interaction with the scribes and the Pharisees forms an interesting contrast to his interaction with Zacchaeus, who we will talk about tomorrow. As President Dieter F. Uchtdorf explained, Jesus rose up in righteous anger against the hypocrites, like the scribes and Pharisees and Sadducees, who tried to appear righteous in order to win the praise, influence, and wealth of the world, all the while oppressing the people that they should have been blessing. In Matthew 23, the Savior used several metaphors, which we just talked about, to describe hypocrisy. Consider marking or listing these metaphors and noting what they teach about hypocrisy. What is the difference between hypocrisy and the human weakness we all deal with as we try to live the gospel? I think there's a huge difference there. What are you inspired to do differently because of the Savior's teachings? This is a powerful statement because I think a lot of times we read these verses and think, oh no, I struggle with hypocrisy. And I do believe that all of us deep down have that hypocrisy, some of it that we don't want to think is there, but it is there. Well, I remember reading a book years ago, a gentleman named Brent L. Topp, uh, he was a BYU professor, wonderful teacher of the gospel. Uh, it was called Living Waters. And he goes in and he gives a whole chapter on this idea. He asks some questions that I think are very relevant questions for you and I as we're trying to determine the hypocrisy within each of us. He said, do I seek to outdo others in my church callings? Do I feel some sense of competition or comparison with others? Do I feel a pang of envy when others receive certain callings or receive recognitions or rewards? When I share spiritual experiences, am I doing so under the influence and prompting of the Spirit for the edification of others, or am I trying to impress people with how spiritual I am? Is my service in the church dependent upon being in high-profile positions, or would I still faithfully magnify my calling if I were serving where no one would see or notice my efforts? Do I perform anonymous and unheralded service that goes beyond mere involvement in organized ward and quorum service projects? Are my comments in church meetings motivated out of a sincere hungering and thirsting after gospel knowledge and a humble desire to contribute to others' understanding, or are they more to show off how much I know or set straight the comments of someone else? Do I bear my testimony in testimony meeting out of a genuine spiritual desire to praise God and testify of those sacred truths that have been revealed, or am I using it as a forum to impress others? Do I find myself more concerned about maintaining an image, either in the church or in my profession? 
Or do I think more about how a certain action will affect that image rather than what is right? Am I motivated more by the praises of men and the status of position than by the quiet assurance that the Lord is mindful and accepting of my efforts? Brother Top concluded this thought. He said, the Savior invites us to be more like him inwardly as well as outwardly, to be devoted disciples and fruitful contributors in his kingdom. We cannot be like the barren fig tree, all leaves and no fruit. He beckons us to search our souls and to do some serious house cleaning, sweeping hypocrisy in any of its forms from every nook and cranny of our lives. He desires of us both clean hands in public and private and pure hearts. He desires us to take off the masks, quit the role playing and be genuine saints. I think that's a great message for you and I as we're trying to become more like the Savior. Let's be less like the fake Rolex watch and be more like what the Savior wants us to become inwardly and outwardly. If you'd like to check out our video that goes with today's podcast, you can find us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook by simply searching Bomb Socks. That's B-O-M-S-O-C-K-S. And be sure to check out our amazingly comfortable gospel-themed socks at bombsocks.com. Thanks for listening, and hope you'll join us again for more episodes of Bomb Bites. Godspeed, and have a great day.